Do you sometimes get the sense that debates about America's role in the world are predictable and often disconnected from reality? Our new podcast tries to change that. None of the Above offers new ideas to help confront America's global challenges. Subscribe to None of the Above today. Imagine traveling to a city like Los Angeles or New York. Before you even arrive at your Citizen M Hotel, you're able to check in and open a tab on your phone. You walk into a lobby that's kind of like a living room filled with provocative art and cozy seating. Then you head up to your room with this giant bed and window to match as you sip the perfect latte ordered from your Citizen M app. See why Citizen M is a new way to hotel at citizenm.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Boy, freedom is ringing today. Freedom is ringing all over today. We got a great, happy Friday. I hope for all of you guys who work Monday through Fridays that you are enjoying it. Now, I do want to send a special message to all those who tomorrow will be sell, well, sorry, will be mourning the 20th anniversary of their loved ones, uh, somebody they knows, um, death because of the terrorist attack in obviously 9-11. I grew up in a world where I don't know what it was like before 9-11. I mean, I was three weeks old, don't have many memories from that time. But I want to spend a set, send a special message to all those who lost someone, know someone who lost someone. It's always a tough time of the year for me because I know many of my friends lost family members. But also, it's just anytime you see, quite frankly, 3,000 Americans die instantly plus hundreds of more uh, in the following days, weeks, months, and years who suffered from cancer or whatever it may be, stuff they, they they got while helping out Americans. But we got a great story. We're going to get into the White House pulling down David Chippy Chipman's nomination. But first, I want to send a special thank you to Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the number one sponsor of this podcast. They make the best, they make the absolute best Protein bar every every day. If you go to built.com, B-Y-L-T.com, put in code let freedom ring, you will get 10% off your order. I'm a big fan of the chocolate. I've been trying to hit the gym. They are the official protein bar of this podcast. That is built.com, code let freedom ring. But let's get into it. So the White House yanks its pick as for the top gun regulator. That's how the, it, that, if we want to let freedom ring, we should get rid of the ATF. Whoever the next Republican president is, because Unless, and well, if we can figure out what happened in 2020, make sure it doesn't happen in 2022 or 2024. I hope whoever the next Republican president is, we get rid of the ATF. Now, David Chipman, if those of you who don't know, he was the one who was on record saying that he hoped that he, that he would support a gun ban, an AR-15 ban. Sorry, he, he was in favor of that. Anybody who is that radical should never set foot in the ATF. Never should never set foot anywhere near being able to touch guns. We're gonna pull up that clip in just a second, um, but yeah. So he Biden has decided that he won't, he can't do it. 
So he can't get it passed. He can't get the votes right now because he's not he's not popular, if you want to say. And so, yeah. So this is this is the video of him saying that he'd be in favor of it. Mr. Chipman, a minute ago, Senator Ted uh, Cruz, Senator talking. Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, the AR the AR fifteen is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun; it's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question, and thank you for our visit yesterday and offering me a Dr. Pepper. It made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But now to your uh, question. Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill. Uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books, and right now um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. So you want to ban the most popular rifle in America? Uh, yeah, fact check. It is the most popular rifle in America. I have one. Many, you know, I was talking to uh, a former Navy SEAL friend of mine who, and I was like, you know, uh, it was probably about two, a year and a half, two years ago. You know, I'm, I'm 18. Uh, you know, I plan on moving into my own apartment soon, which I am, and I'm in my own apartment now. Uh, and I want to protect myself. Obviously, I can't get a handgun due to what I consider an unconstitutional law saying 18 year olds can't own handguns. What do you recommend? You know, what what do you say that I get? What What would be a good home defense gun. He said, well, two options, either a shotgun or an AR-15. And he said, let me tell you why. The AR-15 is the most simple gun to use. That's what he said. He said, it's very simple. It's very easy to use. It's very accurate. It's very safe. He said that when his, at the time, 17-year-old daughter moves out, he's going to buy her one as a housewoman gift. So let's get into Politico. The White House, well, let's let's first talk about. So the title is White House Yanks Its Pick as Top Guns Regulator. David Chipman is currently a senior policy advisor to Giffords, a gun control group, and he faced an uphill battle to send a confirmation. What? The fact that we have somebody who is a senior advisor to one of the biggest gun control groups in the country, potentially leading the ATF, is a problem. Now, let's also talk about how Chipman was very involved uh, in the ATF during Ruby Ridge and the Waco siege, both of which I think, frankly, the federal government should be held accountable for. I think that it's utterly insane. Now, now we have a constitution for a reason, and I think that constitutional rights were broken on both of those days. Not, not, not saying that what they did were, not saying that what uh, David Karish did and what uh, I can't think of the guy's name at uh, Ruby Ridge did were good. But the fact that we just came and we pretty much militarily assaulted the U.S. citizens to me is crazy. And it could probably be proved that because of what the ATF did at Waco, that thousands or hundreds, eh, maybe tens of people died that probably wouldn't have, wouldn't, shouldn't have died because of, you know, they're still debating whether or not they caused it. This isn't obviously talking about Waco. It's, there's a great docu or movie series or whatever on Netflix. You should watch that. It's pretty good. I think it's just called Waco. 
Um, meeting with the White House on Thursday withdrew David Chipman's nomination to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms after resistance from Senate Democrat centrist imperiled his bid. Chipman, currently an official at the gun control group Giffords, faced fierce opposition from all 50 Senate Republicans, but also did not have the votes to be confirmed along party lines in the 50-50 Senate. Nonetheless, Joe Biden blamed Republicans for the failure of the nomination, even as he acknowledged that the White House knew the confirmation battle would be easy. Quote, wouldn't be easy. He would have been an exemplary director of the ATF, would have redoubled its efforts to crack down on illegal firearm traffickers and help keep our community safe from gun violence. Really? Really, that's funny, personally, to me, because if you look at all of the cities that have major crime problems, there's this one... There's just one thing about them that just, quite frankly, is a pretty, I guess, coincidence. Um, they're all ran by very liberal people. That's what they're ran by. Let's take Atlanta, for instance. In Atlanta, crime is at its absolute lowest. Or highest, sorry. Crime is very bad right now in Atlanta. I was talking to Governor Kemp about it, and we were talking, and he goes, well, the problem is, you know, there's a lot of street racing going on, he said. And I guess the Atlanta Police Department has what's called a no-chase policy or something like that. You see somebody going 30, 40, 50 miles over the app, can't, can't do it. I'm sorry. So what he's been having to do is he's been having to go get state officers, people who work, you know, who are state police officers, state troopers. I think he even said game wardens. And what they've been having to do is the game warden will ride with or sorry, uh, uh, a state, uh, an Atlanta police officer will ride with the game wardens in order to be able to help say, hey, they race over here because they know where they're doing it and they know who does it. But the Democrats don't want to do anything about it because, you know, that'd be racist. People keep saying, so, quote, he would have been an exemplary director of the ATF and would have redoubled its efforts to crack down on illegal firearm traffickers and help keep our community safe, he said. Biden said, praising Chipman for his work as an ATF agent as well as advocacy on gun control. He continued, unfortunately, Republicans in Congress have made clear that they intend to use gun crimes as a political talking point instead of taking serious steps to address it. Senator Angus King, independent of Maine, but really a Democrat, had previously told the Biden administration and Senate Democrats that he was not supportive of the nominee. Other centrist Democratic senators, including Joe Manchin, John Tester of Montana, how the hell does... Montana have a Democratic senator. We got to change that. Had also remained noncommittal on the pick. Chipman failed the nomination. The second major Biden pick to have to withdraw during the eight months in office. Highlight Congress's continued paralysis on gun control after years of mostly failed efforts at bipartisan reform. See, it's not bipartisan. They'll take someone like Mitt Romney and say that he speaks for all Republicans. That's not bipartisan. He's basically a Democrat. During his confirmation hearing, Senate Republicans pressed Chipman over a recent interview in which he said new gun owners who have no training should only bring their guns, quote, if the zombies start to appear. The nominee responded that the comments were self-deprecating, probably because he is, he's got the brains of a zombie. The committee deadlocked on the nomination along party lines, which would have forced the Senate to vote to discharge him. What that means is uh, if they can't bring it out of committee, then they have to file a discharge petition, which means that a majority of senators have to vote on whether or not to vote on him, which probably wouldn't happen. While ultimately we weren't successful, it remains essential that the ATF is led by a confirmed director who is accountable to the public and places no special interest before the safety of our children and communities. GOP senators cheered news of Chipman's failed nomination, 
Chuck Grassley of Iowa, the top Republican on the Judiciary Committee, issued a statement criticizing Chipman's, quote, long record as a partisan anti-Second Amendment activist. Fact check true. Senate Judiciary Chair Dick Durbin, Democrat of Illinois, sent a statement that Chipman was, quote, the latest target of gun right groups who are, quote, determined to leave the director's position vacant and called on the Biden administration to send another ATF nominee to the Senate, quote, as soon as possible. Chipman isn't the only. Uh, we'll get down to Nira, Tandon, blah, 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 Office of Management Budget. Mm, yeah. All right. Anyway, this is a big day. This is a big win for law-abiding gun owners across the country. Another thing is they get back and, you know, he said that, let's get back to it. Let me make sure I read the quote right. That uh, Chipman said that gun owners who have no training should only bring out their guns, quote, if the zombies start to appear. Now, this is, a, first off, this is an issue. I've never really been somebody who thinks that you need 12 weeks of class every day to learn how to use a fire. It's remarkably similar. So, you know what? I'm going to teach you one right now, right? So you have a gun, okay? Rule number one, always treat a gun as, as, as if it's loaded. Rule number two, always keep your gun loaded because if it's not loaded, then what's the point? Rule number three, don't point at anything unless you're willing to shoot that thing. That could be another per- don't don't point it at anything you're not willing to shoot. Always shoot a gun like it's loaded. Never put your finger on the trigger unless you're ready to pull. And whatever that gun is pointing at, you better be prepared to shoot it. That's gun safety. It's remarkably simple. It is remarkably simple. I've been hunting with my friends around my age, probably by myself since I was probably like 12 or 13. And I'm glad to report that no one. None of my friends have yet to be shot by me. Ain't that something? They also say that, what they also say is, Americans with these firearms, Biden said something like, they, you know, you'll, ne- you'll never beat it. You'll, you need nukes, right? Well, ain't it crazy how a bunch of 8th century barbarians just defeated the U.S. military in about 72 hours? Ain't that something? Ain't that something? I'm, I'm glad that Chipman's been pulled out. I'm glad that Chipman's been removed uh, from that. I want to play this news. Tell me what you guys think of this. You are tuning in to the left's youngest nightmare on the radio, Noah Ring. Ain't that cool? I think that's cool. Sorry, I just wanted to play that. I'm kind of whatever. So the so there's okay. So for those of you who didn't go to college or not too familiar with this, there's basically uh, a board of trustees, regents, um, appoint, basically these people kind of serve as they, they regulate the school. Right. And so in the state of Georgia, there's the USG board of regents for the, for the state. And those are appointed by the governor. And then some schools have the same thing in some states. So Kellyanne Conway, Sean Spicer, and some others were told, basically were told that they, uh, they, they were appointed to serve on the uh, advisory board uh, of the uh, of West Point, okay, and so the Biden administration sent letters to everyone that Trump appointed, which was most of them, and told them that they would have to they would have if they didn't resign they'd be fired, okay, and so not just you know if you want to say Kellyanne Conway shouldn't be on this board because she's never served in the military, you have I can see your argument, I I can see your argument quite frankly I can. Uh, Sean Spicer, I start to not see your argument as much because he was a former uh, lieutenant commander, I believe, in the Navy Reserves. But they also sent it to other. They sent it to uh, a general, 
who spent 38 years in the military. He was at one point the vice chief of staff, I believe. So White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki confirmed the move during a a press briefing on Wednesday, telling reporters Biden's objective is to, quote, ensure board members are qualified to serve on them and aligned with his values. Not the values of the military. No, no, no. His values. His values. The list includes former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer, former uh, Office of Management Budget Budget and Director Russ Fout, who are on the Naval Academy's Board of Visitors, and former senior counsel Kellyanne Conway, who's on the Air Force Academy's board. Vow, who Biden accused of hampering the OMB's transition, and Spicer tweeted photos of the letters they received with Vout stating, no, it's a three-year term, while Kellyanne Conway sent a letter to Biden telling him, I'm not resigning, but you should. I'll read that, actually. Now, Kellyanne Conway said, as she normally does, quote, let me pull this up a little bit tighter because it's very small. Kelly, you could write bigger, please. Thank you. President Biden, I am a recipient of the letter you sent me today demanding I resign from the Board of Visitors of the United States Air Force Academy or be terminated by 6 p.m. tonight. News reports suggest you have made the same demand to the other men and women who were duly appointed to service academy boards. Three former directors of presidential personnel inform me that this request is a break from presidential norms. It certainly seems petty and political, if not personal. The result is that faithful and willing public servants will be discouraged and thwarted from service. Our service academies will risk being further politicized and polarized. Your dis- your decision is disappointing but understandable given the need to distract from the news cycle that you have make- made is multiple self-inflicted um, crises and plummeting poll numbers, including the new rise in COVID cases, a dismal jobs report, inflation, record amount of drugs coming across the southern border, and, of course, the chaotic and deadly withdrawal from Afghanistan that have left hundreds of Americans and thousands of Afghan allies stranded under Taliban rule. It is an honor to serve on the Board of Visitors in the United States Air Force Academy. The brave men and women of, in uniform represent the best of our great nation. It was also a privilege to serve, as, serve a president whose actions resulted in deaths to terrorists like al-Baghdadi and, uh, and Qasem Soleimani, rather than a president whose actions resulted in the deaths of 13 U.S. service members. I'm not resigning, but you should. Sincerely, Kellyanne Conway. CC, uh, you know, people who are involved in this uh, at the White House. Bravo. Bravo, Kelly. You know, I've had, I like Kelly. I dislike Kelly sometimes. Kelly is, sometimes she says some interesting stuff, that's to say the least, right? But she's 100% right. And if you, like I said, if you just wanted to remove uh, those type of people, I would be, I might, I could see your point. Um, But that's not, that's not exactly who he, that's not exactly what he wanted to do. So he also, this is uh this one's according to Politico. Let me pull, let me make sure I get the name right. Um, it says on Wednesday, Kathy Russell, the director of white house presidential personnel office sent letters to 18 individuals on three different boards asking for them to resign. The list includes boards of visitors, at the air force Academy, military Academy and Naval Academy. The military Academy is West point. In one letter, Russell Vaught, the former director of the office of management and budget in the Trump administration, Russell advised that he'd be fired from his post in the Naval Academy unless he chose to resign. So he sent these to people who, you know, Megan Mobs, an Afghanistan veteran who was also asked to resign from the West Point Board, tweeted her reply to the White House. I find this whole act unconscionable and not at all in the spirit of by which this administration promised to govern. President Biden ran on a supposed platform of unity, but his actions speak directly to the contrary. Apparently, unity is only for those who conform. 
When asked if he received a similar letter, Sebastian Gorka, who was named by Trump to the National Security Education Board, only replied to a text message saying, Hey, cuck boy, go lick some Democrat boots. Oh, Lord. A former Trump official who was named to the military academy said he hadn't received such a letter. This is just very interesting to me, right? I mean, he he removed that 38-year general. Um, yeah, it's just, this is a board that, quite frankly, doesn't really matter. Does that make sense? It matters, but it's not like these people are serving the Congress. I want to play Saki's, uh, what Saki said. Why would an oh, oil just and kidding. gas... Hold on. I'm not playing their ad. They don't pay me. Hold on a second. Um, yeah, this is just, to me, quite frankly, very, very not okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is... Now, like I said, if you wanted to remove Kelly, I can see your point, right? What does she know about serving the military? She's never served in the military, to my understanding. Could completely be wrong, but I don't think she has. Oh, here, here's a clip. ...administration to resign from various boards, including the West Point Advisory Board and the Naval Academy Board, and why? Uh, yes, we have. Uh, and uh, the president's objective is what any president's objective is, is to ensure you have... Uh, nominees and people serving on these boards who are qualified to serve on them and who are aligned uh, with your values. Uh, and so, yes, that was a, an ask that was made. Because a lot of these appointees do go across administrations, that mm -hmm. there is a risk of politicizing these non-traditional, non-controversial positions. Well, I will let others evaluate whether they think Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer and Others were qualified or not political uh, to serve on these boards, uh, but uh, the president's uh, qualification requirements are not your party registration. Uh, they are whether you're qualified to serve and whether uh, you're aligned with the values of this administration. Thanks, everyone. So Kel I, I can see why Saki got her job, because once questions start getting hard, she runs just like Biden does. Look, it's important to see exactly what she just said. Okay, so what she said was, she said two things that are really important. She said, she, the one, they're only making this about Sean Spicer and Jin Psaki, who are very well known as Trump. They sent it to 18 people. You can't, you can't judge 18 people by two people. What about the other 16? All of which have, Sean Spicer served in the, as an officer in the military. You cannot make this, quite frankly, purely about Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer. Did Kellyanne Conway get it because she was one of the most loyal Trump supporters? You could probably argue yes. I'm not going to argue that at all. But the fact that you went ahead and only make it about them. But she also said, this isn't political, but it's important that we get somebody who agrees with the president. Now, we don't elect. We elect the president over political reasons, I believe. That's normally how this thing go goes, if I'm correct. That's only how it goes. I could be wrong. I could be wrong 100%. But, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. So also, I would like to speak about how... First off, I want to take a second to commend the University System of Georgia for voting not to mandate masks or vaccines. Thank you guys so much. To all the 14 members of the Board of Regents, thank you so much. Also, please vote to confirm Sonny Perdue to be the next Chancellor of the University System of Georgia. He is a great Georgian, a great American. I also want to take a second before we get into the next story to make sure to ask you guys, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure that you have subscribed to this podcast and make sure that you uh, leave a five-star review or maybe a four-star. Maybe you maybe you want to leave a four-star and you know send this to your friends because we are growing. And I think you know the... 
the amount of people who are supporting us and supporting the show, I really appreciate it. I do have a big announcement coming out next Wednesday. Now I want to talk about, quite frankly, I want to talk about big tech. You know, I was one of the first people to be silenced by big tech. It was about a week before the 2018 midterms. I was reaching tens of millions of people a day. I only had like 30,000 followers at the time, reaching millions and millions and millions of impressions a day. And right before, a week before the midterm, I got suspended, appealed. They said no, it was for a stupid reason. They said that I was evading permanent suspension, which is normally if you get suspended, then you make another account. Had never done that. I appealed. They said no. Reached out to my congressman. My congressman was able to get me back on. Thank God. And it's quite frankly how I got reinstated the day after the midterms. So that's just interesting. This is via The Federalist. In the latest election meddling, Twitter suspends J.D. Vance's campaign press account with, quote, no warning. This is by Jordan Davidson over The Federalist. In the big tech tech giant's latest attempt at election meddling, Twitter suspended Republican Senate candidate J.D. Vance's campaign press account on Wednesday without any warning or reason. J.D. Vance on his personal said, Why did at Twitter at Jack suspend my campaign press account? The Hillbilly Elegy author tweeted, which is a good book if you ever watch it. This only had like 200 followers, so it's not even like it was big. Vance tweeted that the suspension of, quote, at J.D. Vance press account, which has 69 followers and is following 189, came with, quote, no warning. It did not indicate how long the suspension is expected to last. No explanation of what rules I allegedly broke, but this is what happens when we allow five companies to control what we're allowed to say. Vance's campaign previously confirmed that the candidate, quote, strongly believes that the political, financial, and big tech elites deserve nothing but our scorn and hatred. Yeah, I agree with you. Twitter did not give any warning or explanation as to why they suspended our campaign press account. Taylor Van Verk, a press secretary for the J.D. Vance campaign, told the Federalist, this is why J.D. is fighting to break up the big tech oligarchy that's censoring our conservative voices. Twitter did not immediately respond to comment for, for comment, but continues to give a Taliban spokesperson a, plan, a platform on its website as the terrorist group ravages Afghanistan. Twitter is has long came, claimed it, tra- it cracks down on misinformation and violence. In January, the big tech banned then-President Trump over what it claimed were fears of further incitement of violence shortly after the January 6th riot wasn't really riot, but whatever. The decision by Twitter comes just days after the reason, public, blah, blah, blah. All right, whatever. So, never met J.D. Vance. Um, and to anyone who has ever watched Hillbilly Elegy, it hit me personally because I have a lot of family up from that, you know, rural Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia area. But I guess what Twitter is saying is J.D. Vance is more scary and causes more hate than an Afghanistan Taliban spokesperson. Now, that could be because the Taliban supports the Joe Biden administration uh, because they just armed them with state-of-the-art weaponry. But nonetheless, here we are. I want to get into a little bit of stuff that I am seeing. I, I want to talk about this, this student who was uh, forced, and she didn't back down, so good for her, but she was forced to go up against her teacher as to why she was not going to wear a mask in class. Now, again, I go to the University of Georgia. Go dogs. But we do not have a mask mandate anywhere at any public college in the University of Georgia. And I'm proud to admit that. That's great. It should be a choice, right? However, the blatant politicization that's happening in our classrooms, the indoctrination is terrible. My generation deserves an education, not an indoctrination. So uh, the second day of class, an 88-year-old professor resigned because a student wouldn't wear a mask. He just said, I'm done, and walked out. Never came back. Now he's 88, so should he have been teaching? Probably not, but that's not the point. 
Then uh, a student told me that she had to stand up in class and defend her not wearing a mask in front of a class of about 150 people. She had to defend why she wasn't. This isn't a political science class either. She had to defend why she, why she made the choice not to wear a mask. Pretty 95% sure she's vaccinated. This is utterly insane that this is, this is what's happening in my classrooms, in your classrooms. I want to play a clip here in a second and make sure I hit the right button. This is exactly what's happening. I want to play a clip of a teacher telling you exactly what he's doing. I have an Antifa flag on my on my wall, um, and a student complained about that, and he said it made him feel uncomfortable. And I, had, I addressed it to everyone because I didn't know who it was, and I was like, "Well, this is meant to make fascists feel uncomfortable. So if you feel uncomfortable, I, I don't really know what to tell you. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't be aligning with the, the values that it, this is antithetical to." I have 180 days to turn them into revolutionaries. How do you do that? How do you scare the out of them? You scare the bleep out of them. That's exactly what you do. This is what's happening in your schools. That's why I started. Because I heard stories of people all around. This is why I started being very vocal. And when I knew that I wanted to do this, because I had stories of people all around the country saying about how they were being told this. And, you know, people were telling them how, how Trump was Hitler and biology class. And that's just quite frankly should not happen. This is the biggest thing. I've always said the most important the most important office you can run for is school board. Because this is what happens when that, that, that teacher probably will never be fired. This is what happens when we let the left win these races. Utterly insane. That guy is teaching kids. He has 180 days to turn them into revolutionaries. We are paying for the future of our republic to be ruined. We're paying for kids to grow up chanting Black Lives Matter, chanting socialism is the only way, and we're told that if we oppose it, we're racist. That we are antithetical to change. Well, yeah, if you want to make everyone a revolutionary, politics should not be taught outside of civics class in any anything. If you're a political science major, obviously, I'm a business major. Why should we be hearing about politics in class? And the worst part is, this is the problem, is liberal teachers don't care about ethics. They will talk about to your kids like they're blue-haired socialists walking across the campus. That's what they'll sound like. But Republican teachers, conservative teachers, do it by the books. So we have two options. We can pull our kids out of public schools, or we can convince the conservative teachers to start pushing their viewpoints. Because quite frankly, I am tired of hearing from students all across this country every day how their teachers are pushing this. Because this is just utterly insane that this is what they're pushing. I want to play this clip because I think this is really important. We'll talk about that for a little bit. I voted for Joe Biden and I regret it. Media made Donald Trump look so terrible that I thought that he was the only answer. But within seven months, there's been a collapse of the southern border, collapse of Afghanistan, and the gas crisis. I don't think Donald Trump would ever do that to us. I looked at that kid's TikTok. He was not a very lib- he was not a very conservative guy to start with. Okay. He was not a guy who 
But now he's starting to see the light. He's starting to see the light. Joe Biden will go down as the worst. Oh, oh, let me, I almost forgot of what happened yesterday. Let me pull it up so I can talk about it right. But Biden is requiring vaccines. He wants to require vaccines. He put out a press, or he put a, a speech about how he wants to tackle it. This is via uh, AP News. Sweeping new vaccine mandates for, hun- for 100 million Americans. In his most forceful pandemic actions and words, President Joe Biden on Thursday ordered sweeping new federal vaccine requirements for as many as 100 million Americans in an all-out effort to increase COVID-19 vaccinations and curb the surging Delta variant. Speaking at the White House, Biden sharply criticized the tens of millions of Americans who are not yet vaccinated, despite months of availability and incentives. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us, he said. All but biting off his words, the unvaccinated minority, quote, can cause a lot of damage, and they are. Republican leaders, and some union chiefs too, said Biden was going too far in trying to muscle private companies and workers, a certain sign of legal challenges to come. Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina said in a statement that, quote, Biden and the radical Democrats thumbed their noses at the Constitution, while American Federation of Government Employees National President Everett Kelly insisted that, quote, changes like this should be negotiated with our bargaining units where appropriate. On the other hand, there were strong words of praise for Biden's efforts to get the nation vaccinated from none other than the American Medical Association, the National Association of Manufacturers, and the Business Roundtable, though no direct mention of his mandate for private companies. The expansive rule mandates that all employers of more than 100 workers require them to be vaccinated or tested for the virus weekly, affecting about 80 million Americans and roughly 17 million workers at health care facilities that receive federal Medicare and Medicaid will also have to be fully vaccinated. Biden is also requiring vaccination for employees of the executive branch and contractors who do business with the federal government. With no option to test out, that covers seven, several million more workers. Biden announced that the new requirements on Thursday afternoon's addressed from the White House as part of the new action plan to address the latest rise in COVID cases and the stagnating pace of COVID-19 shots. Just two months ago, Biden prematurely declared the nation's independence from the virus. Now, despite more than 208 million Americans have receiving at least one dose of the vaccine, the U.S. is seeing about 300% more COVID infections a day, about two and a half times more hospitalizations, and nearly twice the number of deaths compared to the same time last year. Some 80 million people remain unvaccinated. We are in a tough stretch, and it could last for a while, Biden said. This is... Utterly incompetent. I, I read something the other day on, on the show, and it said something like 75% of people have been vaccinated. And they'll tell you it's 62%, but that 13% are people under the age of, is it 12 or 16? It's either 12 or 16 that you're too young to get, the virus, or to get vaccinated. Guys, what... If you're a Republican, and I don't think you'd be listening to me, but if you know a Republican who voted for Biden, or you know somebody who says they're a Republican who voted for Biden, please send this part to them. This is your fault. This is the fault of people like you who said Biden wouldn't get much done. Well, tell that to the families of the 13 U.S. service members who are dead because of Joe Biden. Tell that to the people who who are getting absolutely demolished right now because of the surging record number of highs coming over the southern border of illegal immigrants every single year. 
tell that to the people who are struggling to put food on the table because of the inflation that has happened under the Biden administration. Tell that to the people who couldn't get gas to go to work because the Biden administration is being seen weak. Tell that to your grandkids and kids once we live in a way less, live in a more dangerous world because now China will control Afghanistan, the number one, which will become the number one state sponsor of terrorism. But also because many of our allies are trying to side with Putin now because they can at least trust Putin and Putin's rational. Tell that to them. Tell that to your future kids, grandkids. Tell that. Tell them that you know you you chose this over mean tweets. Please do. I I could sure go for some mean tweets right now. I miss the good old days of before class, going to see who Donald Trump had made fun of that day. I do, because guess what? We had a roaring economy. We. It's gonna be a long three years, folks. It really is. It's gonna be a long three years. But at least Republicans got to got to virtue signal and vote for Joe Biden. I, at least Republicans got to say, you know what? Who cares? You know, Joe Biden's not going to do anything. Well, yeah, he's ruining the country while eating chocolate, chocolate chip ice cream up in Wilmington, Delaware. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You say you care about your kid's future, and then you vote for something like this. I met a guy who, was, who had a kid who was three. And he voted for Joe Biden, even though he said he, he disagreed with 95% of what Biden was going to do. And I said, so by the time Joe, Trump would have left office, your, your son would have been like eight years old and would have no idea what's going on. I don't remember anything before I was eight in terms of politics at all. The only thing I, the first political memory I have was, uh, the first political memory, I, I do remember a little bit of the 2008 election. I just remember, uh, it, you know, I asked the teacher who she voted for uh, on election day, and she said, you'll know whether or not I'm happy or sad tomorrow. I don't remember if she's happy or sad, but we did live in a very conservative part of the state, so probably she's probably sad. But other than that, I remember Osama bin Laden's death. That's about it. I remember Crimea. That's all I remember. So because you wanted to virtue signal, we live in a way safer world. This is it, folks. If we don't start standing up, if we don't start challenging, we got to become the left. The left fights for what they want. They stay unified. We don't do that. We don't do that at all. We need to. We need to. Because this is utterly insane. The left controls this country. Because Republicans have sat back, not done anything when they're elected, not voted for their their party's nominee because, oh, he says some mean things and I can't stand the rhetoric. Well, guess what? Turn off the TV. Okay? At least you're making more money. At least your money would go farther. Turn off the TV. But no, don't turn off the TV, I guess, because now you got President Sleepy over there taking a nap in the corner of the White House while some socialist is running the country. Golly. Folks, this is important. I know I, I called out how, you know, I always call out how every election is supposedly the most important election of our lifetime. This 2022 is. I said that in 2020. I didn't say that in 2018. I said in 2020. 2022 would be the most important because we have no check right now. Our check is hoping that Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin have, 
are having a good day. That's our check. That's the only thing we have. We need help. We need to fight back against this. That's all I have for today, folks. Make sure you go to knowring.org. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And make sure that you check out next one. Make sure you, you get your sign up to the newsletter, knowring.org. Because next Wednesday I have breaking news. Thank you guys so much. You guys have a good week. You are tuning in to the left's youngest nightmare on the radio, Noah Ring. Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter. And you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover exceptionally common sense. When you share the gift of Play-Doh Compound, every can opens a world full of colorful possibilities. A blue alien can ride a purple donut or a robot and a bear can share a pink birthday cake. So surprise them with the Play-Doh brand this holiday and watch imagination take shape.